There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Sarah Ellis. And I'm Helen Tupper. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast. Every week we chat about how to navigate the ups and downs of our squiggly careers so that hopefully we can all navigate them with that bit more confidence and control along the way. And this week, as a word of warning, we are going to focus much more on the downs, Um, which is not very like us because usually we're pretty positive and optimistic. And hopefully you'll still get that vibe from us today. But today's topic is about dealing with disappointment, which I think is something that is inevitable in all of our careers. So we thought it was time to take on the challenge of talking about one of the downs that I think is probably some of the knottiest moments that we have to deal with in our career. And squiggly careers, so careers that are full of change and uncertainty, as well as all of the opportunity and possibility, are just designed to have some knotty moments along the way. We can't deny them. They just come with the squiggles. And interestingly, there's an article that we've read that says that over the last couple of years, because of the pandemic, we've all probably had more disappointment than we might possibly have wanted or expected to have. So things like cancelled weddings, holidays, just missing moments in time. I've cancelled the same holiday, I think like three (laughs) times. I've basically just, I've honestly just given up on this holiday, this family holiday I was going to go on now. That's a a nice thing that I've cancelled, but people have been disappointed about missing much more significant things to do with friends and families and work opportunities. And that's hard to deal with. And we, we can't get away from that. But we hope that in listening to today's podcast and some of the ideas for action that we've got we've got some things that might help you and I was really interested as we started reading about disappointment about kind of what it is and how is it different to things like resilience or failures or setbacks because often I think those things all almost get lumped together Mm. and I I do think disappointment is something different and it feels different and we're going to talk about some of our own experiences our very recent experiences of disappointment and it has felt very different to me to setbacks and challenges and failures and mistakes and I really liked this definition which I found in an article written by a company called Better Up and they'd almost turned it into a bit of an equation and they say disappointment equals expectation sort of over reality and it's when we feel unhappy because someone or something was not as good as you hoped or expected. When we feel unhappy because our hopes and our expectations are unfulfilled we feel sad and disappointed. That's the experience that we feel. And I thought that did a really good job of just describing that sense of disappointment is, I think expectation is actually a really important word. We're we're going to explore that a little bit more. And I think it's when there's this gap between our hopes and our expectations and then the reality of what happens and how do we deal with that gap? What does that mean? How can we find our way through that gap and get to the other side? 
And so Sarah mentioned that we've had a few disappointments <laughs> at the start of this year. And it's really, to use the podcast oh my for our gosh, own purposes, I know. Here's, here's the therapy section. Um, <laughs> the thing is, it's really interesting because on the surface, I think the start of the year for us has probably looked like amazingly shiny. And in lots of ways it is. So, you know, we've been working on this book for two years and that went out into the world. And, you know, it's been really exciting to see people sharing it. And we had you know, an event that people wanted to come to. And there's lots of good news, but actually behind the scenes and behind the screens, there have been some really hard (laughs) moments that have created quite a lot of disappointment. And we don't want to delve into it too much, but just to share some of our reality with you, because I feel like we're we're all friends in the Squiggly Careers (laughs) podcast community. Um, So the first one that you may know about or not know about is the day before our, our first kind of book tour date, which was in London on the 19th of January. January, which was like the first event with people for what two years Sarah mm-hmm. for so long and there were like 200 other people that had bought tickets we were really excited the night before I remember I sat in my kitchen on the floor because I was with my, my back against the radiator like a cat and I got this message from Sarah that said just so you know I'm doing a second lateral flow test and I was like ah this is a strange whatsapp message like why am I getting this message and I was like why are you doing a second one and there was quite a long pause and then Sarah whatsapp me back saying so we're like sorry dude I've got covid um and it was just like a your first thought is I hope Sarah's okay and then the second thought that followed pretty quickly was <laughs> oh my gosh we've got this massive event tomorrow and I really wanted to do this with you and it feels so strange to do it without you and it was just this really strange emotion of being so happy to be there with lots of people but then a little bit empty because like you weren't you weren't part of that moment which is quite a quite a hard thing what else has disappointed us Sarah? <laughs> so, that's one of many there's, there's a few more we'll perhaps we'll perhaps uh, we'll speed up a little bit just so you don't all feel like you're like oh god i feel like we're sort of spreading our disappointment to our <laughs> let's listeners. not do that no and as Helen said, you coach you came out into the world and we've had a brilliant reception. And I am so grateful to everybody who pre-ordered and bought the book really early before you can read any reviews or get that much insight into the book. Because I think you're trusting in us that it's going to be good. And also we then really appreciate people who are getting in touch with us and saying, I love this chapter. I'm finding this tool really helpful. So we are so proud of that book. And the book has already had a really good start. So it sold loads of copies, more than 10,000 copies in the first month, which is brilliant. However, all that, you're like, that doesn't sound very disappointing. That sounds amazing. And it, that bit is amazing. However, when books go into things like sales charts, like in the Sunday Times and those kind of things, lots of our book orders weren't counted towards those sales for loads of reasons that we won't chat through. But it did mean that then the sales that were published were about half the actual sales. That just felt really disappointing because it didn't feel like it reflected the level of support that we had had for the book. And we argued it very hard and it was sort of an ongoing disappointment. And each time we felt like we were making a bit of progress, it was one of those where it was one step forward, two steps back. Oh, maybe there's a bit of hope, a glimmer of hope, and then all of that hope would be taken away from us. Yeah, it was like this Um, expectation reality cycle. Yeah, it was expectation, but a lower reality. But like every week for four weeks, it was not fun. And and it was a process and something I would never want to repeat again in terms of just that sense of, I don't think I've ever had anything in my career where it was continual expectation disappointment. So that happening constantly for quite a few weeks was a really new reality, I think, for both of us. That was another one. And I think just to categorise these a little bit, because I think they are two outcome orientated disappointments, like we had an expectation of an outcome and the reality was different. But 
it could be a sort of a disappointment in other people, like in the way that other people might have behaved. So maybe you had hoped to get some support from someone to do with the situation and you're a bit disappointed that the reality of their support wasn't what you had expected. So that's more about other people. It could also be kind of disappointment in yourself. Maybe you were in a situation, maybe it was a work meeting and you just didn't respond in the way that you would have hoped to or wanted to or planned to. And then you might come away from that moment in time and be disappointed in how you showed up or what you said. So I do think it is almost useful sometimes to think about when you're when you're listing your disappointments, should you wish to do that. Is it about an outcome or is it about someone else's behaviour or is it about your own behaviour? Mm. Just so that you have that insight into is there can you see anything in that in the types of disappointments that are really bothering you? Yeah, and I actually did do that exercise. I actually did list all of my disappointments because I I didn't want to just focus on the last month or the last couple of months. And it's actually an interesting exercise if you feel like you're in a good place to do that. I wouldn't say that's something to do all of the time. I think because I was interested in almost interrogating how the last six weeks has felt versus how all of my career has felt. And I did notice some differences in terms of patterns and some of my responses so I actually did find that useful to compare and contrast so if you want to do a list of your disappointments and see what you learn it is an interesting exercise to do in terms of your awareness and also one of the other things that you start to notice is how do you respond to disappointments because there's sort of three ways that really we can choose to respond we can be passive which I think is often quite childlike but this is where maybe you you're sulking Yeah, we all love a good sulk time to time. (laughs) Or you give up. You think, I'm going to give up. This feels too hard. Or or I'm sort of trying to protect myself from this disappointment. Maybe you deny it. So you sort of don't really see the reality. You sort of avoid the reality. So you can have quite a passive response. You can have an aggressive response, which is where you get more into blame. Maybe blaming other people. Revenge type thoughts. (laughs) I'll get you. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, we'll we'll talk a bit more about. Um, I recognise some of these. So both passive and aggressive, we know. And I suppose if you put them together, you get passive aggressive. None of those three things are particularly useful in our responses. But also, I think, understandable when you've had particularly big disappointments. I think there's lots of levels of disappointment that we can feel. And then you get the one that, you know, we all aim for when we're all kind of in adult, grown up mode, which is... You can respond in a more sort of assertive way where you're thinking, what have I learnt and what feedback could I get? What might I do differently? And we will talk about getting to the learning, but I think there's often quite a lot of work to do, actually. It's very unlike us to say we're going to get to the learning last. But actually, when we've looked at disappointment, I think you do get to learning last because I think there's some other important stuff that has to come before. We're going to categorise this as your default disappointment response. <laughs> so what's your... Do you have a default disappointment response, do you think, oh, when you when you I'm, look back on your disappointments? Do you have one way that you go or do, does it change? I'm loving slash hating this deep dive into disappointment. Uh, but my, um, <laughs> yeah. my We had debates about whether this was even a good idea to do, everybody, and we were like, no, oh. it, it is a good idea. Though I have to say we did wait a little bit longer. We were going to do it a couple of weeks ago. We were like, no, we're not we'll ready. wait for that episode. Uh, let us know what you think about this episode. Um, so <laughs> I think, it'd be interesting to know what you think, I think mine's mainly passive. So almost like denial, as in I'll just work a bit harder, I'll just try and make mm. it better, it's the opposite of giving up. It's keeping going, but keeping going from a point of sort of denial rather than going, do you know what? This is a bit rubbish and I just need to press pause on it. I'm very, I'm not great at that. I'll just keep going and I think it's denial for me. Yeah, I think you keep going regardless because I think that's your coping mechanism. Mm. I think we all have like coping mechanisms that we go to when we're feeling disappointed. And I think yours is because you are naturally a 
action, make it happen personally. You're like, I-, I can fix this if I just keep going. Yeah. It, it, it will fix itself. I sort of see that in you <laughs> a lot over the last month. Just just work harder. Just It'll be fine. <laughs> until I break. And it turns um, out it's not always fine, unfortunately. No. Um, um, go on, Sarah. <laughs> I know well, I know what Sarah's going to say. <laughs> I don't think I get as passive, but I do think I get a bit aggressive at my worst. And I don't think that many people would see this. I hope not many people would see this because I would say I don't feel very proud of it. Um, but I think I... I concur I'm, with I'm, your assessment. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> um, at least we can laugh about it, if nothing else. I, I'm... I'm very competitive and I've always been very competitive. And I think what happens here, you know, when you sometimes talk about your spikes get spikier under pressure and stress. I think your make it happen sort of relentless spike gets spikier. And I think my competitive streak gets very spiky. Mm. Um, And it doesn't happen very often. For when I looked back at my disappointments, I think I might have done that to make myself feel better, to be honest. Because when I looked back at lots of disappointments in my career, because... We all get disappointed, right, when we go for a promotion and we don't get it. Every time I've been for a promotion in my career, I've not been successful the first time around. And I have responded to those in a very different way to perhaps how the last six weeks has felt in the main. And I could think of other disappointments where I was like, oh, actually, I felt quite proud of myself. I was like, I did a good job of finding my way through that. And I don't, I think I'm rarely passive. It's obviously not quite in my personality traits, but I think at my most disappointed, where the expectation and the reality gap is at its biggest, yeah, my default is more anger. <laughs> just to build, just not build on that, that's the wrong thing. I would say you don't act with aggression though. No. You, you respond with it. I'll vent. I'll, I'll feel it. You'll vent, you'll vent in an aggressive <laughs> way, but um, you don't act, you don't act with aggression, just to reassure no. you. I would say, I would hope there are probably only three people who would ever see that aggression and then probably just back away quite quickly. <laughs> back away, everybody. Let's just work through this moment yeah. until, until Sarah gets the adult assertive response yeah. to the situation. She'll, she'll, she'll get there. Which is where we are now, everybody, as we go into okay. ideas for action. Here we are. So you can tell that we are really doing this just to help ourselves, to be honest, today. So we've got three ideas for action for you. So we've done quite a lot of reading about disappointment in terms of because I think it is a different emotion and it's a different feeling to some of those other things. As we said, if you go to learning too soon, you're often not ready for it. So it feels like often the pragmatic grown-up response should be straight into, you know, what did I learn? What am I going to do differently? And certainly if I think about the last six weeks or so, there is no way I was ready to be able to do that in a useful way where that learning was going to last or be that helpful for me. So this first idea for action we're calling disappointed and... And this is really just about recognising your emotions. And the reason we're calling it disappointed and is we want to go further than just, I feel really disappointed. Because disappointed is the start, but usually there are some other emotions as well. And when we name how we're feeling, it does really help us to just accept those feelings. We're not trying to beat ourselves up about those feelings. We're sort of just trying to acknowledge them. I do think if you can have a conversation with somebody else about them, that can also be really useful, you know, where you've got a work best friend or someone you really trust. And there is a brilliant quote that Helen and I found and we were like, what's happening to each other going, this is so true, <laughs> which just shows you how how much we have felt. I think we're very much in feeling mode at the moment, which probably mm. everybody can hear, which is expectation is the root of all heartache. And we, I just read that and I was like, yeah, that's what happens when there is this kind of really big gap. So the idea here, really, really simple exercise is... 
when you are feeling disappointed, when that expectation reality gap has happened, it could be a small gap, it could be a really big gap, write down for yourself, I'm disappointed and, and then try and get to three more emotions. It actually took me a bit of time to figure out and to name those emotions when I tried this, because I tried this a couple of times for a couple of examples, but I did then find it interesting and useful. So Helen, should we talk through a couple of ours? So I get COVID the day before book launch. So how did you feel? You felt disappointed and? I felt frustrated at this moment that we'd built up to have been taken away from us. And actually that followed another event that we'd had to reschedule that we haven't even mentioned in January. So I was thinking I was was frustrated that it felt like it was happening again. I felt disappointed and sad that I didn't have this moment to share with you, which would have been a special moment. I felt disappointed and nervous because I was going Mm. doing something on my own. And I felt disappointed and I can't, I find find it hard to name this emotion, but almost like betrayal. (laughs) This is like a really weird one. From me? No, not from you, from me. Oh my God. No, no. No, as in I felt like I was stealing your spotlight a little bit. Uh, Oh, okay. The opposite of what I just assumed. Yeah, the opposite (laughs) of what you just assumed. It's interesting, isn't it? But no, I felt like I was not a fraud or an imposter it's not that that's why I'm finding it hard to name the feeling but I felt like I was still on the stage representing our work without you being there and it felt like a little bit of a betrayal but the reason I found it quite helpful to name the emotions is because I think every emotion for me had a different action so feeling like I was betraying you meant that I needed to let you know like how much I wanted you to be there so that you didn't think yeah, I was Yeah, we actually you definitely did. And then feeling sad about it made me think, well, try and find, you know, the nice moments in this, like the talking to some people that you've met only on Instagram, for example. For me, that is the particular thing about naming the emotions. It's the action associated with each emotion was actually slightly different. And if I just said about disappointment, I probably wouldn't have been able to take those different actions. And it's interesting because I think, again, if it's a shared disappointment, because sometimes I think we have individual disappointments in our career, but sometimes they are shared. We're disappointed as a team that something doesn't work out or perhaps you're running a business like us and you're listening to it and there are disappointments along the way. And my words were quite different because obviously I was having quite a different Mm. experience to Helen. So mine were, I felt disappointed and deflated, disappointed and defeated. And I think that was a few disappointments coming together at one time. I did feel quite defeated at one point. And disappointed and I can't work out how to do this in one word, but sorry for myself. (laughs) Um, And actually what's interesting, I talked about feeling new feelings. It felt very passive. So I think I'm more comfortable with aggression (laughs) because I think that feels more familiar for me because I go, I get that I'm competitive. I know that about myself. So I can see, I can see why I would react in that way sometimes. And then I can figure out what to do differently. Whereas there, I just felt this has happened. It's completely out of my control. I felt, I think, disconnected. Oh, that's yes. that's a good one. Yes. This is why this works, you see. It does work. Um, I felt disappointed and disconnected. And to your point on action, I think because I did recognise that, we had got a few people, we have a Squiggly Careers Advocates programme, and we knew there were some people going to that London event. And some people knew, some of my friends were going and they knew that I got COVID. And I think because I felt disconnected, I was explicit about saying to people, I'd love to see some photos. Like, send me some photos. How are the guests getting on? What did you love? And I lay in my bed in my study because I wasn't leaving my study so that my partner and my little boy hopefully didn't get COVID. Just seeing those pictures coming through. And actually, I just felt really proud. I felt really proud. I obviously wanted to be there. But for that specific disappointment, I think 
because I'd spotted without actually naming it as well as I've been able to this evening, that disconnection, I'd done something about it that I wouldn't normally say to someone, Mm. send me loads of pictures or, or let me know what's happening. But I was a bit more on Instagram. I was sort of on WhatsApp and I was like, oh, I felt it helped me to feel part of it. And I think just to find my way through something that was incredibly disappointing that we'd worked really hard to get to, but felt okay about it. I think there were other disappointments that we've had in the list that I have found harder. And also, I think I was really confident that I knew you would be brilliant. So I think that also leaves you feeling better about it. Because I was like, well, Helen will be brilliant. I know she doesn't need me. I know you might want me there, but I know she doesn't need me. And that was all true. So I think we did kind of find our way through that. But I do find that naming really, really helpful. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So idea for action number two is to get a bit of data on your disappointment. So rather than feeling stuck in a situation, actually kind of put yourself into a slightly different mental mode when rather than experiencing it, you're sort of trying to mine it for some data so that you can do something with the disappointment rather than just sit in the situation. And there are a few questions to ask yourself, which can be very useful in gathering some data. I wonder if I ask you these questions, Sarah. Ooh. Right. Which <laughs> Which disappointment are we talking about? Well, you can just pick one. You don't have to name it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So the first question, everybody, uh, when you're gathering a bit of disappointment data and you're sort of reflecting on a situation that, that feels hard and maybe the emotions that you've identified, is what have you learned that you need to let go of from this situation? So Sarah, over the past six weeks, what have you learned that you might need to let go of if you're faced with those sorts of trials and tribulations again? that I'm very I'm very committed to outcomes because I care because I care about those outcomes and it's a good way of knowing that you're making progress and I don't want to stop caring about those outcomes so it's not about not doing that I do think though when an outcome doesn't go your way you have to learn to let go of it so that feels unfamiliar 
and not very enjoyable, I think. You know, when you were sort of hoping a certain outcome, yeah, you were hoping you were going to get a job and you don't get it. There's sort of no going back on that. There's no mm. negotiating. There's no, I pride myself on being able to think creatively through most problems. Things that can feel hard or quite big, ambitious goals. I think I would always back myself and back us to go, we'll find a way. We'll figure it out. We might not figure it out tomorrow, but we will talk to different people. We'll learn and we'll get there slowly and surely, but we'll get there. I think the difference with some of the disappointments in the last six weeks or so is you go, you can do everything right, but you don't always get the right outcome. And so you've got to remember that just because you've done everything right doesn't mean that you will get the right outcome. And that doesn't mean that you've done a bad job. And I think we both fell into a little bit of blaming ourselves on some things where there wasn't really anything we could have done differently. There's just some things outside of our control that didn't go our way. And we tried really hard and we tried lots of different approaches and different ways. And I think we thought and we tried as hard as we could. And sometimes you do have to let go of an outcome and just go, I can't keep thinking about that outcome because there is nothing I can do to change it. So I think it's the how much headspace I give an outcome once it's determined. Because once it is determined, you can't change it. And trying not to stay awake at night thinking about it. So what you have learned to let go of is maybe an outcome you can no longer influence. So maybe that's the kind of... Okay, well, that's a short version. I hadn't quite got to that yet. (laughs) And that might not be the answer for everybody, but I think it is getting to that kind of clarity, even if you have to talk around it a bit first. That's number number one, is you're gathering some data. The second thing in your disappointment data gathering is what have you learned about yourself through the process that you've gone through? So if I think about that for me, I have learned... I'm quite tenacious I kind of actually come away from that I think I've been quite tenacious and also as a positive person I think I've learned that I can sit with some negative emotions like there have been times when I haven't tried to positive our way out of the Mm. last couple of weeks and I've just actually gone this is a bit hard and that's sort of it (laughs) and then and I'm not going to try and make it better so that's what you've learned about yourself another bit of data that's useful together is what have you learned about other people so maybe the people around you that could be at work so that could be professional relationships that you might have it might also be personal relationships in terms of what type of support they've given you has there been um, a way that it's been more comfortable for them to support you have but at times they've seemed uncomfortable in supporting you through something's quite emotional quite useful to know about that because if you're in a situation in the future it might result in you going to different people for different things if you've got that insight about what you've learned about them in this situation and the last thing when you're gathering data on disappointments is what have you learned about the task or process and I think I'm just getting there now I'm just getting to a point where I think oh I want to write this down I didn't want to write it down two weeks ago but I'm thinking <laughs> I want to write this down so that if we do this again I know I can remember this without the emotion but also I've got to a point now where I'm thinking I want to write this down so I could help other people I don't want other people to have to do some of the things that we've had to do and if I can take something beneficial away from this by thinking about what I've learned in the task or process that's useful to more than me and I would say with disappointment data only do this when you feel ready Mm. because we were both talking about this beforehand and saying we genuinely have put off doing this podcast for a couple of weeks because we were like not quite ready to talk about this yet we knew we knew we would but we were like we just need a bit of time to I think just assimilate and figure our thoughts out and we just we would have been so messy I mean we might have sounded very messy anyway but we would have been in such a mess it wouldn't have made any sense or been useful for anyone 
And I do think some of these questions you can perhaps answer at different points. So to Helen's point around what have you learned about the task and the process, for some people, depending on what your disappointment is, you might be able to get there on that one really quickly. It might take you a bit longer to think about what you've learned about yourself. Or maybe you do the self-awareness bit really quickly, but you're not quite ready to really think about the ins and outs of the task or the process. Like I don't think I'm actually quite where Helen is in terms of being able to write things down on the task and the process just yet. I mentally have got a couple more weeks left. I don't think I would do a very good job at the moment. I think actually if I did it now, I could almost spiral back into some unhelpful feelings and I can just start to feel myself, you know, like some of the letting go. And so I think you've got to make sure that you are, that you have let go enough to be able to do some of those other things. And honestly, I think if I had to do that tomorrow, I think that would be a bad thing for me. So I wonder if it's a bit thinker-doer-y. So we, we talk in um, You Coach You about your, whether you're more of a thinker or more of a doer. And I think that that's, Sarah's more of a thinker, I'm more of a doer. I think that's sort of playing into this now, which uh, is yeah. I'm ready to move on and do. And you're perhaps still needing to think it through a bit longer, which is just you yeah. know, how we respond to different situations more generally. Yeah. You're good. That's good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right, so final idea for action number three, which is when disappointment happens... We are desperately trying not to dwell on it. And that can feel really hard. And I think this is something I've really learned in the last six weeks. This has almost been probably as like a surprising insight for me. So I would automatically have thought, right, don't dwell. What really helps when you're disappointed is getting perspective. You know, so you need to zoom out. You need to see the bigger picture. You need to think about all the things that are good and that are going well. I found that's not helpful. When things are really hard... It doesn't matter what anyone says to you. And some people have tried to do this and I completely get why you would try to do this for someone. So someone will try to go, oh, but that's really good still. Well, this is going well. It's a fact and they are right, but it didn't help me because I think in those moments, you're not ready. You're not ready to maybe zoom out or get that perspective. And usually I'm someone who loves zooming out and I like that bigger picture and that does really help me in lots of the other work that I do. I think I naturally think in that way. But in the moment, instead of that, what often is more useful, and there's a brilliant quote by Alain de Botton, which I'll share in a second, that summarises this, is rather than trying to zoom out from your situation or do the big picture, it's do something else, do something different. You actually need to escape. I was reading a brilliant article by Amy Gallo in Harvard Business Review, and she talks about the Great British Bake Off, but I think it's called something different in the US. I think it's called the Great British Baking Show okay. in the HBR. And I was like, I think she means the same thing. I think I sounded very similar. And she was saying, you sometimes just need to escape. It's not about staying with that disappointment. It's about doing something different. Focus your energy elsewhere. It just stops you from dwelling on the disappointment. And it stops that spiralling and that overthinking. And so one of the things that Alan de Botton says, which I just think is very, we were chatting a bit about stoicism and how that can be useful in these moments, is he says, one of the best protections against disappointment is to have a lot going on. And I do think that has helped me because we still run a busy business where lots of things are happening. And it's not even lots of good stuff. It's just lots of things are happening. There is only so much space. There's only so much space to be disappointed. And then because you've also got, your kids. Max, my little boy, doesn't care about those disappointments. <laughs> he, What he cares about is how many books are you going to read me? Will you pay top trumps with me this evening? And all of those different things where you're escaping away, you're spending time away from the disappointment actually really helps you. And then I think often it helps you to do the letting go. It helps you with some of the emotional stuff. It means you don't stay in it. You know, get kind of too deeply stuck. 
I think you could get stuck in disappointment. I can see how I could get stuck in disappointment. It's particularly really hard disappointments. And I think this has been really useful for me, just like other stuff, essentially, kind of just not even worrying about it, not thinking about it, do some other things and then move on and maybe do some of that disappointment data when you feel ready for it. That could be 24 hours, a couple of days. You might be able to do that. You might just need, I remember someone saying to me, one of my friends, he was like, oh, I'll just have quite a lot to drink, play some computer games, see my friends, and then I'm sorted. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And he was sort of talking about, he just needs a weekend sometimes. Sometimes it could be a bit longer where you just need to not think about it too much. It might be a couple of weeks or a month. So I think just think about that. And I don't know whether that helps anyone else, but certainly that automatic assumption that I had that zooming out would be useful looking for the good stuff we often talk about the very small successes I was like oh doesn't help still feel exactly the same I've actually found Alan de Batan's work sort of depressingly useful to do with disappointment yeah. and what I mean by that it's is so pragmatic yeah isn't it's it? so pragmatic and when I was reading a lot around this because I started reading an emotional education again recently oh, yeah. um, for the school of life book and he basically says that we almost create a situation where we are exposed to disappointment because of the expectations we place on ourselves that life has to be perfect and work yeah. has to be perfect and then you you get into this cycle where you have created a reality where you're going to be disappointed because of course nothing is perfect and it's not really about lowering your expectations and so it's not about well if I just expect every day to be awful then it can only get better <laughs> but yeah. but there is a little tinge of that in his work which is like just know that nothing is going to be perfect and everyone is going to fail and disappointment comes with success and if you can sort of accept that in the round you're less exposed to the fluctuations so it's not supposed to be a philosophy podcast but I have found his his work yeah a bit of a balm I would say over the last few weeks yeah I found the same and I think one of the things actually that Amy Gallo says in that article that really stuck with me is we don't want to lower our expectations you don't want to let to let a disappointment kind of dint your hopes for the future. She was like, it is good to be hopeful and it's good to care. They are really good things. Being hopeful and with really caring and being really committed, inevitably at times there will be disappointments. And there was this great quote where it said, disappointment is inevitable, but being discouraged is a choice. I don't think I could have read that quote about three weeks ago. <laughs> so I think, you know, that quote, I definitely needed that quote at the right moment. But when I read that, I sort of just about felt ready to kind of go, yeah, do you know what? It is inevitable and it has been hard, but it's because we really care and we, you hope for certain outcomes and that gap felt quite big at times. But I don't want to be discouraged and I'm really committed to what we do and I do love what we do. So, you know, we're finishing on a high and Aww, I feel I feel, I feel like, like I feel like we'll make it to conclusion. next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hope it'd be quite a good one as well. We should think a bit about that. That'd be, uh, that'd be an interesting topic oh, to talk wow. about. Well, that's so basically, cathartic, if, you, <laughs> if you get really stuck, turn to philosophy is our, is our conclusion for today. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just re-listen to this podcast. Actually, if you do, if you are a bit stuck in this situation at the moment, and I hope that this has been a helpful conversation if you have, but if you do want something else, another follow-on listen, episode 157 is all around kind of getting yourself unstuck from pessimism and practicing the art of optimism so I think you have to to Sarah's point you have to sort of deal with some of the disappointment stuff first before you can flip into that mode but if you feel like you've done some of the things that we talked about today and you've got all the data and you're ready for it you're ready to say I'm not going to be discouraged by this situation then maybe that episode on optimism could be the next best listen for you 
So as always, thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you to everybody who recommends us. We know loads of you recommend our podcast to your friends, to your family, to the people that you work with. And if you are listening for the first time or you've not had a chance yet, if you do get the chance to um, rate or review the podcast, we read every single one and it always gives us that burst of optimism um, in a week. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for bearing with us this week as we <laughs> as we dealt with our own disappointments. But we do hope it's been useful for you too. And we'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Speak to you soon, everyone. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.